Chapter 75 Tyres, Food and Excellence To put this chapter into context, please bear with me while I tell you a seemingly unrelated story. The year is 1900. The country is France. André and Adouard, two brothers who run a tyre manufacturing business, have put their heads together to come up with a strategy to increase sales. However, with fewer than 3,000 cars in the entire country, their challenge was twofold. How to get car owners to need to renew their tyres more often and how to encourage more people to want to buy a car and therefore require more tyres in the first place. They discussed many ideas, but the one they settled on was to create a guide for motorists. As well as instructions on how to change a tyre and to check a car's oil and water, the guide would include maps of France, the location of fuel stations, and information about towns and cities around France that were worth a visit. The additional mileage this encouraged, they reasoned, would put extra wear on the tyres. Almost as an aside, they also recommended a few restaurants in each town and gave them each a rating based on their experience. Despite the fact that there were less than 3,000 car owners in France at that time, they produced over 35,000 copies of their guide and made them available for free to anyone and everyone. They placed them in newsagents and hotel receptions amongst other places and encouraged people to take a copy. The guide was called the Michelin Guide for Motorists. Given that well over a century later, their tyre company, Michelin, is still going strong, we can infer that the guide did indeed encourage existing car owners to drive more and those who didn't yet own a car to buy one, both of which would have led to an increase in tyre sales. However, what the Michelin brothers hadn't expected was that soon after their guide was published, they would be approached by restaurateurs from all around the country inquiring why they weren't featured in it and how they could be, as well as by the restaurants that did appear, but with a one or two star rating, asking what they needed to do to achieve a three star rating. Of course, if the Michelin brothers had agreed to include every restaurant that asked, the Michelin guide would have become very thick and indeed pretty much indistinguishable from the now defunct Yellow Pages or other business telephone directories. Instead, they had the good judgment to retain a degree of exclusivity and, little by little, to put standards in place that establishments needed to meet in order to feature in the book. As more restaurants achieved these, the bar could be raised to retain exclusivity. These standards, of course, included the quality and taste of the food, but also, amongst other things, hygiene, customer service, presentation, overall experience and consistency. To avoid subjectivity and any ambiguity, the standards were also clearly defined and assessed by an objective professional assessor who would determine whether or not they were being met. That way, when an accreditation was given or rejected, the decision would be highly respected and indisputable.
So successfully were they that the Michelin star has become synonymous with incredibly high quality. In addition, the beauty of their initiative means that, should they choose to, restaurateurs have a set of standards they can strive towards implementing. Doing so will not only guarantee that the prestige of their restaurant is recognised, but that it will be sought after and visited by a higher standard of customer. Although there must be many hundreds of thousands of restaurants around the UK, at the time of writing there are only 155 with a 1 star rating, 20 with a 2 star rating and 5 with a 3 star rating. Although I've never visited a 3 star rated restaurant in person, I have looked one up on the internet and what I found is instructive. Rather than a menu, you're given a set meal, a food tasting experience. This menu costs a fixed price per person of £255 and there's a six-month waiting list. Just imagine what a six-month waiting list would look like as a physical queue. The restaurant perhaps seats 30 people, which would make the queue around 5,400 people long, most of whom have probably never eaten there before, but are happy to wait in line for the experience of eating at a Michelin star rated restaurant. And not one of them will have been persuaded to by a TV commercial. It's simply down to reputation. Why have I told you this story? Because when I heard it, it inspired me to want to create something very similar for the accountancy profession. 